Well, good morning. You guys brought your A game today. There is energy in this room. This is going to be fun. It's always fun, but it's just a, it's just a little bit extra energy this morning, which is great. Um, we are in the middle. If you haven't met me, I'm Caleb. I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm going to talk for a few minutes. So uh, <laughs> sit back and relax. Uh, Sochi, you know, Olympics are coming to an end later. I'm sure you got that DVR. Um, but uh, we are in this beautiful mess series, and we're talking about beautiful mess because our relationships are like such a critical part of life, uh, and, and yet they're complicated and messy, and, and sexuality fits in there, uh, and it's messy and difficult and tricky in our culture. And, and so we've been talking about this for several weeks, and if you get the little compass email that I send out every week, I said that this was going to be the last message. I, it's actually not going to be. We, we decided to just do one more next week, too. So you, we're just going to extend it out one more time. But, um, and relationships, I mean, we, everything intersects our relationships anyways, right? So we talk about this stuff all throughout the year. But this few weeks have just been really concentrated. And we've, we've talked about sex. We've talked about dating. We've talked about marriage and parenting and all these kinds of things. And so I know for a fact that there are some people in here that uh, have gotten in to new dating relationships just since we've started this series. So you're welcome. You know what I mean? I feel, I feel like partially responsible for that. So um, congratulations on that. That's great. I know that there are others of you who this has brought up real, real difficult things, honestly, uh, in your own marriage currently, or maybe in a past marriage that failed, or maybe with parents or kids, or you think about you know, your past and your family and things that didn't go right that you wish you know, someone else could have sat in and heard some of these messages a long time ago uh, or whatever that looks like for you. And so I, I, but I know that, that many of you have really kind of let yourselves enter into this journey and you've dealt with some of those difficult things and you've owned some of the ways that maybe you've thought differently or, or in a non-healthy way you've participated in or whatever that's looked like. And so I, I thank you for that. And hopefully you're seeing God redirect you and change some things and how you think or how you go about in some of these relationships. And today... Today, we are going to be asking one question. It's one simple question that I believe if you, if you ask yourself this question on a regular basis going forward, you will save yourself an awful lot of pain. You'll save yourself an awful lot of unnecessary regret. This one question could be really, really helpful, especially in terms of sex and relationships, but in all areas of your life as well. Uh, isn't it amazing when it comes to regrets, how our biggest regrets and the things that, you know, happened, we were there, like when it happened, like we were present, we were party to it. Most of you were even sober, you know, I mean, there, there was like something happened and, and you, we have a regret having to do with this and you're just like, how did I, how did I get here or how did it get to, how did it get to this place? And, and, and we all, all of us, have experienced that to some degree, and then we talk ourselves into some dumb thing, and then we look back and we're like, oh man, did that just, did that just happen? Usually our biggest regrets revolve around relationships and sex. There's just something that's like extra complicated about that, something that, that when stuff happens, it's, it's difficult to unwind. The consequences just kind of keep rolling. And the way we talk ourselves into it usually is with little compromises along the way. I mean, maybe they're not even compromises. They're just kind of justifications. And we say to ourselves, there's, there's nothing wrong with this. 
There's nothing wrong with what I'm doing here. There's nothing wrong with this moment. There's nothing wrong with, right? And, and maybe there's not. Maybe there's really actually not. But, but maybe perhaps there's a better question to ask. Maybe a better question was, but what's the wise thing to do? And we're not even talking, it's not, a, it's not a black and white issue, perhaps. It's not, it's not like a for sure bad or for sure good. or right. Maybe we're going we're gonna to pose this question over the next few minutes together. Just, but what's the wise thing for you to do? I know, it's not, it's not sexy. You're not going to print a t-shirt, you know, and say, what's the wise thing for me to do? But, but maybe, just maybe, it will really help you navigate and avoid some pitfalls that so many people fall into time and time again. Look at Proverbs chapter 5. The most, what many people think is the wisest man to ever walk the face of the earth, Solomon. He's writing this. He for sure was like the wealthiest man ever to walk the face of the earth. And, and a lot of people believe that he was also the wisest. And he's writing this. He says, my son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel, then you will show discernment. So this is actually a father talking to his kids. Uh, see, read son, daughter, read whatever. He's, it's, it's a really wise dad conveying to his kids what he's learned about wisdom and how this life works. And he's saying, listen really carefully. This is wisdom. I want you to get it. Then you'll have discernment because there's going to be all kinds of people in your life that are going to do all kinds of things and they're going to go along with the crowd and they're going to go along and they're going to do, go from place to place and do thing to thing. And, and most people kind of get caught up in that. But you can show, you can show discernment. You want that, right, for your kids? You want that. If you have kids or, or your younger sister or younger brother, you want them to have discernment. You don't want them just to go along with everybody else. You want them to make the wise decision. You want that for the people that you care about. So he's saying, I want you to ask yourself, what's the wise thing to do? And then the verse goes on. It says, for the lips of an immoral woman are sweet as honey. Now let me stop you there because some of you are about to check out. For immoral woman... You, you can put in parentheses there enticement, right? Because some of you are like, well, I am a woman, and I'm not attracted to women, and that's not my thing. And so you're, you're saying, put in the parentheses enticement. It could be anything enticing, anything that beckons, anything that's like shiny, and anything that like gets your attention. I don't know why I'm doing jazz hands, but it's, a, it's a, <laughs> you know what I mean. Those of you on the podcast, sorry, you missed the jazz hand, but you know. It's, it's what's the shiny thing that's enticing, it draws you, it, it, it just it tells you that there's something here, it's that allure, it kind of gets your pulse going, it's, it's, it's what gets you a little bit excited, you're, not, you're sure you should be excited, but you kind of are excited, and so you just kind of want to explore this a little bit more. So he's saying the lips of that, the, the, the attractiveness of that is sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but in the end she is bitter poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave. In other words, this thing, whatever it is, whatever is enticing, is really attractive. It's really, it, it, it seems, for, for all of us, it, it, it dances and it, it gets us going a little bit and it's attractive. We've all been there. We know that. And yet it leads to death. This is the wisest guy saying to his kids, I just want you to, I just want you to know that this, this always leads to death. 
And you can imagine, like, a, a son, a kid saying, come on, dad, this doesn't lead to, I'm not going to die here. To which he might reply, no, you probably won't die physically, although some people have. But something, something might die. It might cost you something pretty dear if you go down that road. And then he finishes up here. He says, now my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I'm, what I'm about to say, so you know that this is important. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of her house, right? So he's saying, don't even flirt with it because what do we do? We flirt with it. We like to toe the line. We like to creep right up. Wait, wait, wait. There's nothing wrong with this, right? So I take one more step. There's nothing wrong with, so I take, and I like to get right up to the edge of the cliff because there's like some kind of exhilarating thing that happens. And I just think, well, I, I, I want to just kind of experience, the, I, I, I'm going to be okay. I'm in control of this thing. Like, I would tell my kids, like, stay far away from the edge. Stay far away from her house. Stay far, right? But, I mean, I, I'm an adult. I can, I, can, I can get a little bit, a little bit, a little bit closer. When Hillary and I, we went on a, uh, an Alaskan cruise a few years back. Uh, Hillary's grandparents took us when we were living up in Washington, and we did this cruise thing. It was like the middle of July, and it was so stinking cold uh, because you're, you're, like, approaching glaciers, like real live glaciers. It's the first time I'd ever seen one. And we're in this cruise ship, and we're coming up to it. But the, the, the cruise ship captain guy, pilot, cat, I don't even know, but the, the, the guy, he, he gets us kind of close, but it's, we're still probably like three football fields away. And I'm like, dude, you know, we're here. Like, we came up, we're like, let's get up close. Like, I, I want to touch the thing, you know? Like, I reach out over the bow and, you know, get, 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 get. and he stays at a really big distance. And as, and as I'm having that thought, I hear this, and this huge piece of glacier falls off, hits the water, and just spins. And I say huge piece of glacier, and you're thinking like a, a human, like a large human, or like a refrigerator. It was a large house. It was the size of an, like a huge house. Fell off the glacier, hit the water, and just spins. That's just what it does. It just kind of sits in the water and spins. Some of you are thinking, I know, global warming. Yeah. <laughs> it's an inconvenient truth, Caleb. I know. So, and and it happened right there in front of me. I witnessed it. Like this thing broke off and it's spinning. And I'm like, okay, I get it. We're not going closer. I, that's uh, that's appropriate. And so and so, but we have that in our nature. It's like, can I get? I can get a little bit closer. I can get a little bit. Like I'm okay. I'm in control here. I know. I know. I'm not gonna. You know that. I'm not, I'm not going to be that person. I'm just going to kind of get up to the edge. Dad, seriously, seriously, I got this. Like, I know that you're for my own protection, but I, you know, I, I understand what's, what's going to happen here. But for our kids, for your little sister, you want them to stay the heck away from the edge? You don't want them creeping up on it. For your spouse, for your husband, you don't want him flirting with the edge. You're like, get away from that woman's door. Don't even go near that door. For your wife, get away. It's like not even a question. It's like, I don't want you even close to that thing. This, I know how the story goes, but for us, 
we all have a little bit of hypocritical in us. All of us do. And we just think we can go a little bit. I'm, a, I, I'm strong. I know what I'm doing. I'm not going to, you know, cross that line. I'm not going to do that thing. There's nothing wrong with just what I'm doing. And we lie to ourselves. And when we lie to ourselves, it's easy to lie to other people because we're already kind of deceiving ourselves in our own, in our own minds. And we're blind to our vulnerability. So instead of debating with ourselves, like, what's right and wrong, and what can I handle, maybe we just ask a different question. Maybe we ask, what's wise for me? What's wise for you? Because we're all unique and different. We all have different stories. And so I want you to maybe consider framing it this way. In light of my past experiences, my present circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for me to do? Look, I'm not even talking, I'm not even giving you like a list of moral things that you have to subscribe to. Some of you that are just checking out church for the first time, you're not, you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus and you're trying to figure it out. I'm not even listing the things that I believe are right and wrong. I'm letting, I'm letting you just sit in this and just say, for you today, given your past, given your present, and given what you want for your future, what's wise? What's wise? In the past, you, you can discover what you're prone to. So you, if you're, you know that you're prone to making these kinds of decisions. If you, if you find yourself in this kind of a situation, you're prone to acting out this way or, or struggling with this. If you, if you have, have had an alcohol issue in your past, you know that you're prone to. Stay away. Stay away from the, the doors of that. If you know that you have a daddy issue from your past, maybe, maybe some kind of dating relationship would work for somebody else, but for you, it's, it's not healthy. It's not... It's not for you. Maybe, maybe it's purity. You know from your past that you struggled with pornography. I have to keep filters on my computer and, and not have internet on my phone and stuff like that just because I know what I am prone to. I look at my past experiences and I know how that goes. Some of you that travel, you know what you're prone to when you travel. I, I don't travel all that much right now, and when I do, it's usually with Hillary, so it's not that big of a deal, but I, I have guys who travel for a living, and they have to figure out how they kind of build some constructs into that. I have a buddy who, every, the moment he gets in, checks into his hotel room, he takes out his phone, he videotapes himself putting on the, the parental controls, and, and like, so he doesn't know what the number is. I don't even know how he does it, but then he sends the video to his guys that just kind of check in on him, and then he calls him before he goes to bed, and then he calls him again the next morning. And that's just the thing that he set up because he travels all the time because he knows from past experiences that he's vulnerable in that way. Maybe going to that class with that instructor isn't the wise thing for you to do. Maybe having that personal trainer who looks like that isn't the wise thing for you to do given your past experiences. Right? Or how about your present circumstances? Given your present circumstances, maybe you've just gone through a divorce and you're, you're vulnerable. Maybe you've just lost a bunch of weight and you got that nice dress and you fit into it and you're about to go out and you're thinking, I haven't been, you know, had any of that in a long time and I am just... And someone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And you're like, I'm not doing anything wrong. Is it a sin to try to look pretty? And they're like, no, I guess, I guess there's not any... But given your present circumstances, given your vulnerabilities, 
What's the wise thing for you? And given your hopes and dreams, your desire for in the future, how you want your family story to play out, the kind of person that you want to marry, how you want your business career to go. You want to go into politics. You can't have you know, pictures floating around on the whatever, you know? What, what, it, what would be wise for you, given what you want for your future, your hopes and dreams? You want to marry a godly person? Then why are you dating that guy right now, you know? Given what you want for your future, what's the wise thing for you to do? Because we're all unique, and God has given you a story, and he's given you certain tendencies, and he will guide you in this and whisper you and prompt you. You know that feeling. Even if you don't, have a, you don't feel like you have a relationship with God yet and you're just checking things out, you know, you know that feeling. You know that sense that you get. Oh, I'm not sure that I, eh, this is, and then we talk about it and we justify it. Instead of going down that road and debating with yourself, just ask the question. In light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for me to do? Now, even those of you who don't feel, you're like, you're sitting here and you're like, ah, I think I'm good. Like, I'm not really, it's not, not like a vulnerability situation for me right now. And, you know, let me remind you that the Bible teaches that the devil is like a prowling lion waiting to pounce and to devour. And we are all vulnerable. And so we want to keep, we want to keep our eyes, we want to keep our lives kind of going in this direction, knowing that he's just looking to tear our lives apart. And it doesn't happen anymore, and it's not any more devastating than in this area of our relationships and our sexuality. And we've all been there. We've all seen this happen. We've all struggled. We all have some kind of regrets. We all have, have, have gone, gone a little bit further than we want to. And maybe some of us have these like thoughts and tapes that play in our minds, and we just can't get them out. We didn't mean to go toward death. We were just kind of pushing the envelope. We didn't mean to hurt that person or to wreck that thing or to, you know, screw up that relationship, but we just kind of, we just pushed it a little bit further. And I want you to remember this. Bad moral decisions, and you can just, you can also use the word unhealthy moral decisions are preceded by a series of unwise decisions. Unhealthy moral decisions are always preceded by a series of unwise decisions where we can say, yeah, but it's not immoral, it's not illegal, I'm not hurting anyone. That could be true. But what's wise for you? Imagine that you're watching a television show and you're, you know, you're kind of partial to either the guy or the girl in this situation. And, I don't know, and you've, been, you've been watching the backstory. You've seen it play out. You, you, you know how this thing's going. You know the relational dynamics. You know the complication. You know that they work together. And you know that now it's a business trip. And they're on the road together. And you see this thing happening in front of your eyes. They, you know, he just had a fight with her before he left home. And now they're here. And she's here. And she's hot. And, and you're thinking, oh, no, this is, this is not good. This is not good. And then they're working on the project late. And they're like, oh, no, don't. He is such a jerk. Don't stay away. Or you're, or you're on, the, on you know, his side. And you're like, she is such a, you know, a word that's like jerk. Worse, maybe a little bit. And you're just like, don't stay away from her. And you're just like, don't. This, this is not what I want. They go down to the bar together, and they're there, and there's a little hand touch thing happens. You're like, oh, no, please. And then the scene, the next scene is in front of the door of the hotel room, 
and then it fades to black, and you're like, oh, I gotta wait till next week, or whatever. But you don't. You actually don't because you already know how the story goes. It it just goes that way. It's it's what we do. It's it's that human nature. When we let all those unwise decisions add up, we end up making unhealthy moral decisions. You know how that plays out. We kid ourselves and we think, we we, we talk ourselves into thinking, there's nothing wrong with lunch. I just had lunch with my mom. Everybody's got to eat. This is just like, it's just lunch, you know? We're just having lunch. It's no big deal. There's nothing wrong with dinner, you know? We're, it, it was a team dinner. We were all here, you know, the, 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 the staff were working on this project. It was seven of us. I mean, five decided to go to a different restaurant. So, but there's two of them. But <laughs> it's, it's, we're, you know, we're here and it's just dinner. It's just dinner. There's nothing wrong with dinner. I had dinner with, you know, those guys just last week, and that was totally fine. And There's nothing wrong with working late together. We have to get this project done. She's really good at this job, and I just, there's nothing wrong with kind of swinging by the cubicle one more time. The Bible talks about being kind, and it's, you know, I, I'm just, I just want to check it. I know that she's had some hard stuff going on, so there's nothing wrong with confiding in him. Actually, I would have to go see a therapist if I wasn't confiding in him, so I'm saving $150 an hour. This is good stewardship, really. It's godly. I'm actually, we can talk ourselves into anything. It's, there's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with a hug, you know? Some of you are like, hey, Mr. Judgmental, I see what you're doing here, and you are ruining my life, and now nothing is fun, and I have no bandwidth for anything forever but you know you know when you're in those moments like it just doesn't it's really exciting and enticing and shiny and it look but there's something inside of you also that's like ooh, this might be kind of a might i might not bounce back from this but but i'm in the you know when i when i was growing up my, my dad worked for an organization called young life and we would spend a month every summer at these young life camps and uh, so I remember being up at Woodleaf uh, in the summer, and we spent a month there. And, and they tried to, like, throw a party for these students every week, and it was awesome to be a kid growing up in that environment. One of the most fun things that I remember is that they would take, like, these huge plastic bag-type things. It's, like, plastic, and they would just roll it out for 50 yards in the middle of the field. And there was, like, this little hill, and you would start at the top of the hill. And then you would just like build up speed and momentum and they would squeeze like soap and run a hose down it and you just launch, you see what a slip and slide. I mean, it's like a gigantuan slip and slide. And they said that it was like the biggest slip and slide west of the Mississippi. I don't know if that's proven, uh, but <laughs> that's what they told high school kids. And so they would, they would like kind of make this thing go and the people just launch themselves onto the slip and slide and they'd see how far they could go. And they would literally see if they could like get all the way to the end onto the grass and how far into the grass they could go. And just, people are just cut up on their chest and they don't care, they're winning. You know, and then even when even when the campers would go home, then the, the adult staff would go out there and, and and play. And so I remember when it's just the staff, they wanted to push the envelope a little bit, and so they got suds it up and they got the hose spraying down, but they didn't slide. They tried to run it, <laughs> and they so they would get a running start and they would jump on. And they would just keep on running on the slip and slide to see how far they could get. 
and the farthest part that we put like stakes on the grass next to the slip inside to see, like to judge, like the, like the big like long jumpers in the Olympics. It was like, oh, this is where they landed. This is how far they got. And people really, you know, could get down the way a little bit. And it was impressive. But everyone fell. <laughs> everyone fell. Yeah, I mean, at different places on the slide. But everybody fell. Because that's what happens when you run on the slip and slide. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you fall. And so, and that's what happens when we toe the line and think just a little bit. Just, I can go just, you know, a little bit further. There are, there are a couple of areas, there are some areas of our life that you, that you can get away with toe in the line. If you got, it's okay to kind of like push the envelope in some areas of life. So if you set yourself like a certain number of calories a day and you're like, I'm, on, I'm doing a Weight Watchers thing or I'm doing this, whatever, and I got 2,000 calories and this is all I'm going to do, dang it, eat those 2,000 calories, you know, like all the way, 1990, like have another bite, you know, and you just get, get to those 2,000 calories. Because if you go a few calories over, eh, run around the block, you know? <laughs> if, you, if you have a budget for your shopping and you get like, I give myself $50 a month to spend on clothes or whatever, spend it. Well, this shirt's, you know, 52 and that doesn't include tax. Okay, you know, buy a little bit less next month. When it comes to relationships and sex, the wisest man in the world is saying, run away from the, run away from the edge. Because if you, if you fall off, it's, it just it, it hurts more. It's more complicated. There's more things impacted, more people. You're going to have you know, thoughts and regrets. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's just it's a little bit... It's a little bit different. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It says, flee from sexual immorality. Flee from it. Another way of saying that is like, run, run, run away. Like, run, run away in the other direction. Stay away from her door. Don't go near it. Don't test the edges. Run away from it. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Therefore, honor God with your body. Instead of asking, how far can I go? How close can I get? How much can I try? Ask yourself, how can I honor God instead? What does it look like for me to honor God? What does it look like for me to just kind of shift my mentality from, from how, how far is okay to just flat out honoring God as best as I can in my relationships and with my sexuality? Run away from that door. Instead of dabbling and testing and defending, how can you answer God? I was processing this message a little bit and talking through some things with someone this week, and they were like, oh, man, that sounds kind of old-fashioned. And I was like, really? Because I associate old-fashioned with, like, being stuck in your ways. Like, I refuse to wash with anything but soap on a rope. You know, I just soap on a rope, and this is the only way I scrub, and that, you squirt the stuff in my hand, I don't know what to do with it. You know, I mean, that's old-fashioned and stuck. We're talking about wisdom, wisdom that's been true for ages and generations and 3,000 years since some of this stuff was written. It's just, it's just trying to keep you 
from falling off the edge, from slipping and having your feet come out from under you. Proverbs 13, 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, I know, if you're like me, that some of us, most of us, probably all of us, have suffered harm already. And maybe it's because of someone else's unwise decision. Or maybe it's because of our own. And we made a series of them, and it led to an unhealthy moral choice, and we've had consequences around that. And I know that that's real, and that's part of it. I know that there's others of you who, who just, maybe, you just get a thrill from making reckless decisions in this area of your life, and there's casualties, and there's cost. It's like the bug just keeps going to the light. There's like a hundred bugs that are dead down here, but these guys just keep on going, and you know, and there's something, you just keep on, you just keep on, you just keep on, and you're not even sure you could live another way, because that's just all you know, and maybe there's some of you that are just burdened down by regret, and you're thinking, man, I, those tapes play in my mind. I can't undo what I've done. I can't, I can't fix that thing that's broken. And I want you to know there's hope. There's hope. You don't have to carry those burdens. You don't have to carry the weight of that. You don't have to carry shame and regret and those things. What we're talking about is moving forward, choosing the wise thing. But right, right now, just for a quick moment, I just want you to do, do business with what's past and let it go. Look at what the Bible says here. It says, 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Not just some sins, not just certain sins, all of our sins. We're all in the same boat. We all screw this up in different ways. We've all towed the line and gone a little bit too far in different ways. We've all made a mess of things in different ways. And he will forgive it all. That's why Jesus came and died and died on a cross so that all those things would be forgiven. To confess, to confess simply means to say, God, I messed this up on my own. Please forgive me. I want to restore this relationship with you. I just want to give us a minute to just do that in this moment and pray whatever prayer that you want to pray in terms of saying, I have this tendency or I've gone too far or I have this past or I I just want to walk with you and make wise decisions in my future. Let's just pray for a moment and talk to God. Maybe you're confessing things that you just know you're convicted of. You know that that was a mess. You know that that was sin. Maybe you're not there yet, but you're just thinking, I, I know that I've made unwise choices, or I'm on a, a path that just, it's probably not wise. And just say, God, I, I acknowledge that. I want to be different. I want to live differently. I want to walk in a way that's wise. You promised that if, you, if we confess, if we acknowledge, that you will forgive us and that you will purify us and you'll give us a clean slate for the rest of our lives. God, we trust that. We believe that. We're grateful, we are grateful to you for that. In Jesus' name.